0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. This is episode number two hundred thirty-one on January the third of twenty twenty-four. Can you believe it, Jeff?
1: I was waiting for you to say twenty twenty-three. I've been writing it down like that for the last oh, couple. I, I of days. got it written
0: down in front of me, so I didn't screw me, it up. It takes
1: me a month to get to the to the right number.
0: <laughs> yeah, same thing. So, uh, so Jeff, good to, good to talk to you in the in the new year. Um, I know it's, uh, um, you've had kind of a trying week. We don't really have to get into it if you don't want to
1: just more Uh, more crap, you know, things that, things that hurt (laughs) like hell, but won't kill you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: Kind of, (laughs) kind of like, kind of like being a Browns fan some other years. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we are, uh. I mean we're excited about the Browns, you know um, sitting at 11 and five and they got the number five spot um, or number five uh, seed Seated. locked yeah. up in, yeah. in the in the playoffs. so yeah. so we're gonna bring in our guest. Our friend Redleg is here to talk to us. You follow him at RedlegGI GI on Twitter.
2: Redleg, how are things going. Hey man going great. How about them Browns?
0: Man, it's it's been a it's been a great ride this year, you know. Hmm. What can I say? I mean, I said before the season I was just going to try to enjoy the games, you know, not knowing really what was going to happen and stuff. And, man, it's um, – I mean, some of the games have, uh, you know, probably not been real good for for people with cardiac issues. But, um, <laughs> but they've been a lot of fun to watch. They just have the – and the team's been just great to get behind, especially – I mean, especially lately, um, yeah. you know, with the way they've been playing and everything. So it, it's just been, it's been a great season. Um, you know, and, Rod, I've, I've
1: been taking a lot of credit for, for my, my predictions of how many games are going to win this year and what, you know, so forth. And I did that before I knew all the adversity we we're going to face this year. All the guys are going to get hurt and go on, to, you know, injured reserve, um, the fact that this team has still performed to that level with all the different faces and all the different, you know, things that have happened, um, is it's just, for me, it's almost hard to believe that we're sitting here today looking at everything that's happened and we're still 11 and five. And as I was watching the the Jets game, and and then I watched the Bengals play the Chiefs and a few other games, I'm thinking, you know, the difference between us and the Jets, I mean, the Jets lost their quarterback in game one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Bengals lost their quarterback a couple times. Um, The difference between us and them is those teams basically couldn't overcome the adversity that we've overcome over and over and over, right? Right. And yeah. that, that to me says more about this organization and where we are now than anything you and I could come up with, um, you know, talking about the coaching staff, the front office, the players, Suppliers. Uh, yeah. just the fact that they were able to put together that kind of thing. That's the difference between our organization and those other organizations right now is that those other guys couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and and you know what, I, we get kind of hard on the fans sometimes too on this podcast. Um, you know, be, with a, and there are a lot of fans who are negative, um, Browns fans, and because of all that, everybody's been through. But you know, I think the fans uh, for the most part have been have been behind this this team pretty much all season. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know, it maybe it may early on with a couple of the losses, but. Um, you know, overall, um, it, it's kind of been when there's been an injury, you're wondering, ah, eh, you know, is that gonna is that gonna be the tipping point? But yeah. I think, I think I overall, I think that people have stayed behind this team and kind of kept believing in this team, too.
1: We've been saying it on this podcast for a few years, Rod. You know, the way to fix this organization, and the, and there were some some really tough times a few years ago, but the way to fix this organization is to win. And we just needed some wins to believe in this organization again. And the fact that they stayed away from losing streaks and were able to mm-hmm. put a whole bunch of wins together, didn't matter how ugly they were or how close they were or whatever. But, but just putting all those wins together, I feel like has gotten this team over the hurdle this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, guys, we're going to talk a bunch of Browns. Um Before I forget again, I'm going to do the Blitz Beverage segment on this podcast because (laughs) I want to talk about a little something. And um, I understand uh, you guys don't have uh, anything super interesting to talk about. In all honesty, I don't either. Um, I'm just drinking a beer that's been in the fridge a little bit too long. I'm trying to get rid of it. But I got a gift for Christmas. And it is a... I don't even know what you call it. It it is it is a uh it's a thing that more or less turns a can of beer into a draft beer at home and it's battery operated. So you open a can, you put it in this thing, and then it and then it looks like a tap and you pour it into a glass and I don't know what it does to it. But I gotta tell you it, I split a few beers with, with some of the, some, with uh, some of the boys, um, I say boys, these are, these are <laughs> adult kids and stuff, not boys. Um, <laughs> and we purposely tried to pull some of the beers out of the refrigerator that we probably didn't really like the first time. And they all tasted good. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Wow. So I'll probably tweet a picture of this thing out so you can so people can see it. Um, there, I yeah, think like there's shit. different brand names and everything, um, but it it was something that it's like hey, you get this I'm like hey, I don't know if I'm gonna use that or not you know um, right. but you know somebody got it for me so I'm gonna try it and see if I like it and it it really works
1: mm-hmm. and it,
0: it's really good so mm-hmm. and and I am not a paid. Uh, spokesperson for this thing at all guys (laughs) (laughs) it's just a cool thing so i just since we're talking beer um and and beverages i thought i'd bring it up so um i'll I'll tweet a picture of it out but definitely been pretty cool i think um i've I've had a half a beer out of it probably four or five times a different beer every time and they've all been good pretty almost regardless of what beer you put in it it just Mm -hmm. changes the flavor just enough turning it into whatever they do to make it a draft beer, so
1: wow.
0: pretty cool. See, so uh, so Redleg, I want to I want to go to you because um, we're talking about the fans and being sir. behind this team. You you go to a lot of games, right?
2: Yes, sir, absolutely. How do you
0: how do you feel the fans that the games have been? this season versus maybe some other seasons and and has there been and has it been different of late with Flacco there and as the record has you know gotten better and better and better <laughs> as the season's gone have you noticed a difference?
2: Uh, yeah so the very so preseason we're there for those games, I think it was two this year and the typical preseason kind of the hype the you know that kind of stuff. Nothing, you know, Salka Stars are not playing. The, D- the DTR hype was obviously kind of strong. But uh, game one against the Bengals, there was electricity at the stadium. Mm-hmm. It was something to feel. And it was like, yeah, you know. And then uh, the next week, uh, they were at Pittsburgh, and they lost. And that week, you know, next week was uh, Tennessee, and that, that kind of electricity was kind of gone. Um, The hype was there. And as the season's gone on, you know, the fan base has been loud um you know a lot of typical years, let's say you're at the game, um let's say the defense, especially last year, you know <clears throat> they don't do a stop on third third down right they they convert you get to those in a row that that stadium has been silent it's just been yeah prove it to us that you deserve our cheers that's my experience, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. right, and then this year mm-hmm. it it's not there it's they're cheering third downs, you know you may convert two rows you you still get that energy in the stadium and then um the fans are very supportive. It's just, you know, I think that the team has been really feeding off that this year too. Like many times, the guys are coming; out, they're coming out of the tunnel. They're amped up. They're going on the field pregame. They're amped up. It's just you, you see them, like, you know, feeding off that. Um, and this last, the last home game um, against the Jets, uh, it was it was crazy because that electric field was back. So the first game home, this last game home. It it was just something in the air, and by the third about third quarter going in the fourth, there was just a sense of saying the Browns can win this game and qualify. It was just unbelievable how that city even felt. So that's uh that's my experience this year with the fans at the games. It's uh you know, we travel you know to Cincinnati, and I expect we have a lot of Browns fans there too. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes too. So
1: I noticed that uh, you know like we've seen with other teams in this town when they clinch a playoff berth or, you know, go into the playoffs. Um, nobody left that game. Everybody wanted to to, to hang around the stadium and, and kind of have a yeah. big party afterward. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, I uh, kind of stick around, join the atmosphere, join the players. And in uh, you know, the last home game was sold out. Um, it seemed like so. it was very, very few seats. And that was kind of, I think it, part of that was a function of, you know, honestly, the bandwagon fans, but mm-hmm. even, even throughout the year, there's been a lot of attendance in the games. It's not been, you know, down. Like, many games last year, the 500 sections were kind of barren, even down mm-hmm. to some of the you know lower bowl stuff, too. It's just like, this year, it's a lot more support. And I'll even go further and say that I think the fans are even supporting Stefanski, uh, Barry, as teams going on, um, in that, you know, as the season's going on, their comments about fire Stefanski and he's terrible and whatever are diminishing mm-hmm. as – you know, the system's kind of playing out where, you know, stability is really, you know, helping this team too, which Jeff, like you're saying, I think, you know, leads to those ways you're talking about. So Right. And
0: guys, the the Stefanski stuff is just so so comical now. I mean, he's he's taking this team to an eleven and five record with all the quarterbacks and all the injuries. I think People even if even if they're not a big fan of, of, of Kevin Stepansky's, they really don't have any choice but to support him at this point. Right. I mean, if if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, he's definitely going to be one of the, you know top three or four guys mentioned for it. So, um, I you know it's stability and you know, um, it, it's it's probably a question of of you know is that stability has that. You know what's worked here is it the is it just the stability, and, and the work that Barry's done to bring teams in. Um, you know, is is Kevin Stefanski learning to be a better coach? You know, are they getting better yeah. players? You know, it's probably a mixture of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, I just think winning breeds that confidence, Rod. That you know that the, that the next guy can step in and play just as well as the guy he's replacing. And, you know, we've talked a lot in this podcast about having that kind of culture, um, you know, where where guys believe that they can be successful in a role. And I think we've we've gotten to that point now.
2: The other part of this, too, is something that's really very obvious about this team is that they are very bonded. They are very much teammates and they're very much fighting for each other. Uh, yeah. you hear, and you hear the guys talking about that. Oh man, this is the closest team I've had, you know. And it's it's not like other years. It's not been there as much as you want to read in the locker room drama with, with you know Baker and all that kind of stuff years ago. That was dysfunction. No, no matter yeah. what to play, it was dysfunction. But this team is just they talk about it all the time. Yeah, we're really close. We're doing these things together. we just you know, we function well. We're, I'm fighting with this guy, and what's more is when someone gets injured, kind of like you was talking about earlier, you know, someone else steps into that role and is able to perform. I think they're benefiting from that kind of, you know, that, that, uh, atmosphere society, whatever we call it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Guys, some of these injuries when now the fans are still saying, Oh no, when somebody gets hurt, you know, especially, you know, when Nick Chubb went down, we're thinking, Mm -hmm. Oh no, there goes our season. But the players, the players are just stepping in and doing their job. I don't think the players are reacting like that. And I think the players reacted like that in the past you know, on other right. teams, probably when they weren't as close, when, you know, when they're, they're thinking, uh, you know, well, we were relying on him to, to kind of carry us, you know, now it's like, these guys are all playing for each other. Like, like you guys have been saying, yep. and, and, and there's just uh there's just that belief that you're talking about. So, um, it's just, it's just different. Um, sometimes you're, you're watching these games and you're like, I don't know is is this is this the Browns? I mean, um, you know, not to not to I'm not trying to be negative, but I mean, is this the same organization because it's changed yeah. so much in and mm-hmm. just um, what we're seeing from this team. Yeah. So guys, almost uh she's almost a week ago, the Browns played the Jets. <laughs> Do you guys remember mm. this game? Because it's been a while. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah. The, the Browns, um, uh, Browns, uh, Browns now eleven and five. Jets after the loss, six and ten. But the Browns win this game, thirty-seven to twenty, and it, it was really a first half game, uh, 34-17 at the half. Um you could almost skip the second half and not miss much on this game. Um so uh thirty thirty-four seven or uh thirty seven twenty for the final. Um, he's got, um Joe Flacco threw for what two ninety-four, two ninety-six in the first half of this game. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> just insane. Um I I don't even know what to say. Um, the Browns went in and, and they were just they they were gonna win this game um they weren't gonna they weren't gonna let the jets do anything in this game and
1: yeah
0: and that's what happened um just i thought this just game some- was
1: really over in the first quarter rod um you know the, the and, and it's, it's it's pretty pretty comforting to sit there on your couch and you know watch a game that you really feel like there's there's no doubt about it at the end of the first quarter <laughs> they just played that well yeah. you know um yeah you know, after uh, after the uh, the fumbled kickoff return kick, kick return by um, the Jets, um, and you know when uh, when uh, Matthew Adams knocked the ball loose, and, mm-hmm. and you know I thought, well, oh, okay, now now this this game's over, right? Well, then we came away with no points from that, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh well, maybe the Jets have a chance now, right? Well, then you know a few plays later, Ronnie Hickman returns that that interception for a pick six <laughs> Gosh. and and i'm like okay now this game is over right um yeah. yeah and and as every time it seemed like the jets made any progress something huge like that happened again that just like drove the last nail in it right and it was a very low stress game to watch because i felt like yeah. we we managed the game really well and and we um we were never really in any jeopardy of, of the Jets coming back.
0: Yeah. Um Red like do you you have other thoughts on the game you want to share?
2: I you know, I think that you know, when they went in the the half, you know, it was you know, Flack was at what he said like two ninety six and then right. immediately after half he was at two ninety five. So somehow we lost a yard in there. But right. right. <laughs> right. And he finished three oh nine. I mean I think the Browns are just kind of, you know, there was no doubt, um, probably, like I said, somewhere in the third, that they're going to bring his home. And he kind of worries like last year's meeting, which was horrendous. <sighs> and, uh, yeah. you know, I just, you know, speaking of Emerson, what a dude. That guy this year is having a show out year for his just skills, abilities. And what he was like, a, what, like a late round picker, like five or six, somewhere in there. Wasn't he?
1: Emerson,
2: Emerson, 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 Emerson he was a th- third, third, third right? round. Yeah, okay. yeah. th- that was a little further, but like, uh, he's having such a standout year. Like mm-hmm. I just, you're seeing these guys step up in these roles. I mean, you look at, um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, you know, post doing his job, like last year, he, see Nick Harris doing his job at being like, uh, called in for like the you know, big ass run plays. and still doing his job. To- probably not totally content, not being the starter, but like he's there. everyone's doing the roles. Right. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things about this team is that, you know, that adversity, that trust in Flacco is just, you know, to get over everything is just, it's, 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 it's crazy to see. So
1: a mm-hmm. couple other takeaways on this game, Rod, um, obviously, you know, being able to, th- to throw the ball with Amari Cooper out, um, David Njoku had another big game, um, you know, every week he has, uh, you know, th- the best game of his career so far, um, Yeah. So 134 he, you know, yards. Definitely had the yards, um, the yards after catch. Um, but I have to say that, you know, Elijah Moore also showed up and yeah. he yeah. had the tough catches, Yeah. you know. I mean, he yeah. had the catches in traffic, The you know, the the, the one where the, the DB should have intercepted and he knocked it out of his hands and came down with it, I thought oh, was yeah. beautiful. Um, so, yeah. you know, being able to throw the ball – still without, you know, Mard being on the field was, for me, that was very encouraging. Um, and then also the fact that we were able to, to, at least a little bit, run the ball at times. Um, you know, we've been hankering for that the last, well, you know, 10, 12 weeks. And, yep. you know, we finally were able to have some successful running plays. Um, so that I thought that was very encouraging as well.
0: I I thought Jerome Ford had pretty much a perfect game for him, you know. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh, wow, man, yeah.
0: 12 the, carries, 64 yards. I mean, he doesn't have to run for 100 yards in this offense. Um, the the, the second catches.
1: touchdown, the second touchdown, oh, yeah. Rod, was was incredible. Um, you know, first of all, that, that Flacco was able to move um, far enough to be able to get, get that pass to Ford to begin with mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy. Um but then all the tackles that Ford broke, getting you know to the end zone, is um, not something we've seen from him to this point. Uh, dare I say it? Almost looked a little bit Nick Chubbish, that he was yeah. hard to bring down, and, and you know he was not going to be denied mm-hmm. the end zone. I thought that was a great play.
0: Yeah, and, and it just shows it showed the receiver and Ford, and that's. That's something I don't think they've taken enough advantage of this season. And it's not like they haven't been throwing to other guys. And it's not that i'm that I want to take targets away from Amari Cooper or David Njoko or anybody. But I think uh, Jerome Ford has that ability to receive the ball and make stuff happen. And um, you, you know, I think I think we just saw that in this game. Mm-hmm. With, those, with those two I, touchdowns
2: i mean the the browns have been starting to push they well they were pu- starting to push nick chubb more into receiving role too to give him that mm-hmm. kind of dual threat and ford is kind of starting to pick it up too i think kind of what bothers me or has bothered me historical about ford is a lot of the times he is a east west runner said north south and he's starting to mm-hmm. find the north south a lot more
1: yeah and saw some
2: great he, cuts yeah, and the other part about this, too, is back in 2019, when Kareem Hunt first got the team, you'd see Nick Chubb kind of barrel into a giant pile of guys and expect to gain yards, and we're seeing that with Ford right now, but he's starting to recognize some of those, hey, wait a minute, if I can go, you know, he's starting to break away from that playbook to be more like, hey, I see a hole more in a certain direction and kind of go for it, so mm-hmm. it's his progress yeah, is visible this year, so. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um Guys, t- Taki Taki had uh, he had a huge game too.
1: Eleven <laughs> <Love and> tackles,
0: eleven <laughs> tackles. Um, he, yeah. was <laughs> yeah. he was everywhere. What a good player!
1: Talk about stepping in. I mean, he stepped yeah. in for for Anthony Walker, um, and and they didn't miss a beat.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he was just stuffing guys too. Um, yeah, just playing like a brick wall out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just really good to see. You know, after after how well he played last season, prior to the injury. Right. You know, it's good to see him out there playing like that. Um, I'm just really happy for him to see a game (laughs) like that. Um, Penalties in this game, guys. Uh, Browns only four penalties for 26 yards. That's that's that that's excellent. Makes me feel really good. Um, 12 penalties on the on the Jets for only 74 (laughs) yards, but 12 penalties, man. That's rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bad team. Bad teams. That's what happens. Yeah. We talked about it before, you know, um, we've, we've now earned the respect of the officials. Um, I even saw, I even saw a holding call um, on uh, Makai Becton uh, against Miles, which, you know, I, I thought I'd never see again, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Becton had, had a rough game, but um, right. yeah, just, just the fact I think we're, we're starting to earn a little bit of respect from, from the officials is, is a big deal.
0: I think
1: Guys,
0: I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, I was out at uh, BW3s watching this watching this game. And there were, there were four of us watching the game. And there were a few other Browns fans in there. And when they called that holding penalty, a bunch of us said, they called holding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: go ahead, Red Leg. I didn't mean to. No, you're,
2: you're okay. I think the what got me to is like the last what two three weeks before this game, Miles didn't called for offsides or encroachment or something, at right. least two or three times a game. And now this game, as far as I know, maybe maybe once. So I don't know if something changed or they I don't know. But it's good to see that he's getting some calls to go his way. Now, yeah. You know, finally.
0: <laughs> right. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. So so guys, let's go into some some Brown's news here because there's there's a bunch of it. Um, and and by all means, if I miss something here, <laughs> let's go. Um, let's talk about the the um, the Pro Bowl, first of all. This came out just uh, within the past within the past couple hours. But um Four months ago. Yeah, the, the starters. Um, Joel Batonio, uh, Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, uh, David Njoku, and Denzel Ward. Um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me for how many that makes for each of these guys. I I think that's, is that six in a row for Batonio or five, five or six? I
2: think it's six. If I saw that correctly. Yeah.
0: And I think that's number five or six for Amari Cooper. Um, the other ones I'm not sure other than I'm pretty sure it's probably in Joku's first one.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, definitely. I think so.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, he, he's earned it this year. He really has. um, so those guys are starters, alternates, uh, uh, uh definitely well deserved, uh yep. um Hopkins, um Dulpit, J O K, uh Posick, and Teller. Um man, those guys all played great this year.
1: Yeah. All uh, of
0: them. Yeah. So um go ahead.
2: I've of course every year for the past three years, I've tried to get Charlie Hewlett in the game. Uh mm-hmm. th- yeah. Th- th- yeah. I've I have failed yet again, but, <laughs> but on the, up, the upside is that uh, we got him up to number nine in the total fan votes. and when you look above him, he was actually like either fourth or fifth in the AFC, so we're, we're making progress, but there you go. Uh, the, the funny thing about this is both Hopkins and Bohork has made it, which, how do they get the ball? Charlie? Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> like, so makes him look good? <laughs> obvious, but no. <laughs> Yeah, this this list is a list of, you know, both starters and alternates. It's just a list of great, not just Browns players, but great NFL players. It's just amazing. Like, just look at it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, guys, not to not
0: to take a negative angle. I mean, I I love the list. Is is there anybody else deserving on the Browns that should be that should have been that? Named and I I didn't have time to read articles or look at tweets to see if anybody's complaining about anybody other than Charlie. Um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) Does there anybody
0: comes to mind? I mean, I think it's pretty darn good list.
2: I think Emerson. Emerson probably has a good argument to be on there somewhere.
0: Yeah, Um, I agree. Yeah, I think you're
2: right. Other than other than that, though, I I almost would I'd almost say DeWan Jones too. He stepped in there. He did his job. He got hurt, but probably just not enough playing time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah.
2: I'm wondering
0: how many games he played. Um, we don't have to look it up, but yeah, it might just be a, a matter of how many games he actually played.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That could be it. But yeah, he he was. Um, I mean, he was near perfect in a lot of his
1: games. Just yeah.
0: Scary. Scary how good he was. Yeah. Um, the, uh, guys, this kind of, this goes back to the Jets game, but, um, that Elijah Moore concussion, that was, that was frightening. Um, you know, we saw some of those same involuntary movements. I mean, not same, they're, um, similar to, uh, to what we saw with Tua. Um, I don't know if you guys followed this, but being that, um, you know, we have a kid in medical school. Um, you know, we always talk about any... The medical stuff with all this whenever something comes up. So he was actually explaining to me the difference between the movements that Elijah Moore made and, and the movements that Tua made. Now, I'm not going to try to explain that here on the show because <laughs> I'm not a med student. So, right. Um, yeah. But but there are different types. Um, yeah, and he... Um, yeah, he more or less said that he thought Elijah Moore shouldn't play again after that. But I said, well, he's probably going to, because it's <laughs> yeah. football, you know, yeah. that's what guys do. Um, you so, know.
2: It's, it's like when he, so when he came off the field, you know, they kind of, you know, he clearly was having issues, obviously. No doubt about that. Um, we happened to be downstairs, um, and saw him come through the tunnel and he was kind of, kind of wild eyed. I'll put it that way. And yeah. he was walking fine. when we came in there, but you know. And now I heard he was back at practice today. Yeah. Um But I mean,
0: not been man, cleared I, yet. But yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just some of those wild things that, like, it's a freak accident. It's a, it's, it's, you know, he just happened to hit just right, hard enough to you kind of project his head for. And it's just you know the scary things. I don't know, you know how you how do you avoid that? You know how do you avoid it in the league? How do you avoid it besides, I don't know, airbags? I mean like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can avoid it, you know. And I mean, it's it's just re, you know, it's just a reality that he's he's one of the smallest guys out there, yeah. um, you know, and he's probably more prone to getting knocked around being the size that he is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, versus being a bigger player. But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, what can you say? You hope he's you hope he's okay. Um, you hope that. For me, the biggest hope is that he doesn't have a recurrence of this type of injury, Absolutely. you know, cause that's, that's the danger because you don't want it to affect him down the road and after his playing days. Um, it's really what it comes down to. So, um, so yeah, wish, wish him the best and with his recovery and hopefully he'll be okay. So, um, guys, uh, Frank Ryan passed away, I guess, on New Year's Day, Um, and and I'm not going to cry, Jeff. Frank Ryan was 87, uh, the last uh, Browns quarterback to win to win a title um, with with the 64 Browns. Um, I don't know. I I guess I'm going to say he played. What did he play with the Browns until? I thought I wrote that down. 67, Uh, I think. 67. So yeah. So nobody here remembers Frank Ryan playing. No.
1: Um
0: but uh but yeah. Um I'll just say this. Frank Frank Ryan doesn't get mentioned with with the great Browns quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. if you look at his numbers compared to the other guys who are in the top, you know, three, four as the top Browns quarterbacks he kind of belongs with them, you know, I'm not going to uh-huh. say he's the number one guy because we know who that is, but, um, uh-huh. but, you know, he's not far off from the other guys and some of some of the stats. So, um, you know, he, uh, he made three consecutive pro bowls in 64, five and six, um, and from 63 to 67, these are his touchdown numbers and I believe those are all 14 game seasons if I'm not mistaken. yeah um, he th- he threw for 25, 25, 18, 29 and 20 touchdowns.
1: Yeah, wild
0: <laughs> those are pretty good numbers. so yeah. so while he is he is um, he's only fifth in yards you know and passing yards for the Browns. he's actually third in touchdown passes for the Browns. And and you'll probably probably recognize that that number twenty nine in nineteen sixty six guys because you know what the Browns record is for touchdown passes in a season. Um, I'm sure, being Browns fans, you guys are that
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the record is is thirty held by Brian Sipe. So he he broke Frank Ryan's record. Oh wow. Well. Uh, and, and, you know, um, when he when he hit 30 and that that 30 number still stands um, as much as Joe Flacco has tried to break it in, you know, in just a handful of games this season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, what a bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, 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 you know, you, you hate to see um, just the heroes of the past and everything go that um, it, it's good that he had a good long life and passed peacefully Um, but there, there's a lot to know about Frank Ryan, um, a lot of stuff to, to look at and, you know, and that's not even addressing the doctor part, you know, with him being a math genius and teaching, you know, teaching at uh, various universities and so forth, um, and being responsible for some other things. So, so, uh, he he was, he, he led quite a life. Let's just put Mm -hmm. it that way. Sure. Yeah.
1: Just one, one more guy to go win one for.
0: It almost feels that way, Jeff. You know, it's like we're, like who else can the Browns play for? They're playing for Jim Brown. They're playing for Nick Chubb. Now they can play for Frank Ryan too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so let's let's move on here. Um, the Browns signed Roger Saffold. Um, the uh, the We'll just call him a former All-Pro guard um, who uh, signed him to the practice squad. Who, who was he with, guys? The, was he with the Jets most recently? I'm trying to remember. the yeah, um, oh,
2: um, Jets? I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Um, anyways, he he hadn't played much, but they picked him up, and he never got in. They finally let him go, and and I mean, the Browns have <laughs> Bill Callahan. Okay, even if even if. Um even if there's just a little bit left there, I think um they can uh, Bill Callahan can help him to to you know rediscover what he might be missing, um, you know, if they need him. So it feels like a good
2: pickup to me.
0: Um and honestly, if he's at the end of the line, it's they they probably didn't lose anything, right? All right
2: from uh, what, what I saw on maybe it's his twitter someone quoted him he's, he's a uh, he loves the browns he's a browns fan and he said he's excited to be here so that could maybe even add a little bit more fuel to that fire so
1: well
0: that helps too that always helps
1: <laughs> well, we we need the depth we you know yeah we, we've proven over and over this year that no no position group is deep enough
0: no well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, we've had a lot of guys step up and just play very well. But, yeah, the depth, the depth that has been assembled, you know, that just looked ridiculous at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they, They've had to go out and fortify almost every position, you know, through yeah. other means. Almost yeah. every single one, it seems like. Right. So, so yeah, it, it's... it's what, can, what else can we say about the season? It's just been nuts um, right. what's happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so guys, um, so we come to this to this Bengals game. Uh, I guess uh, I guess they came out with the time. It is Sunday at one, correct? Yes, sir. That, yes, is that what they finally decided? Um, so the Browns have the five seed locked up, and the Bengals have have a uh, it doesn't matter locked up. They got their couch. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and uh, the, uh, the Browns are are going to rest starters, including Flacco. And uh, I'll be honest, guys, I looked a little bit. um, I, I don't know if they've even said who all is going to play and who all is going to rest. I'm assuming they're going to rest everybody. They possibly can. For this game I would think
1: um, There, were, but there I, were 18 guys on the Injured re- report Rod mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean we, we have 15 Those On guys. injured reserve and we have 18 more On the injured report this week so I mean at some point you, you know you got to be Able to field 11 on each side
0: so, Yeah so, so now everybody's May have the week to off. play Yeah, yeah, that's what I I was looking, trying to look for a list like they're going to say, oh well, so and so is not going to play. You know, these five or ten guys are definitely not going to play. Well, there's not a list like that out there yet that I can find.
1: Coach did say in his in his press conference that you know he said we're going to take advantage of the opportunity to get guys healthy and rest them this week, uh, based on all the hard work that they've done to this point. So the, the the guys that I think would be most susceptible to re-injury and or would be the hardest guys to replace are sitting this week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes something sense. Definitely. So this there's just some interesting stuff in this game. And, um, you know, the Browns have, have a chance to win 12 games, which I think they've only done one other time, if I'm not mistaken, or, uh, I think one other time, um, I just saw that noted. I, di- I didn't bother to get the the details on it, but that information's out there. So they have a shot at doing that. Um, you know whoever's out there for the Browns, they're not going to be laying down. They're going to play, okay? No, yeah. Um, the Bengals have not won a game yet in the division, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um so they so they're 0 and 5 in the division and they probably really don't want to take an o for this year. <laughs> so um, you know as much as it doesn't matter and and they might get a better pick if they lose, they probably want to win this game. Yeah. Um, just for that fact. And then you have the the Browns starter Jeff Driscoll who played with the Bengals for a long time and just may want to show those boys down in um, we'll say Cincinnati, um, Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky. <laughs> a little something when he plays. All right. Uh, so there's there's some interesting stuff in this game. So um, we're we're not going to go into uh, we're not going to go into predictions just yet, guys. But uh, the Bengals are a seven point favorite in this game. Oh wow! <laughs> That's because the Browns are resting everybody. And sure. the over under is 37.5, which is kind of middle of the road, I, I would say. Um, so I don't know. When I first looked at that line, Bengals by seven, it kind of surprised me. But but then the more I thought about it, I'm thinking, well, well I mean, the Browns are going to have everybody that can on the bench. So you would think that the Bengals would be favored, mm-hmm. especially at home. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. So, Redleg, you're going to be at the game. What do you expect to see in this game?
2: Oh man, um, I'm going to say probably a bunch of uh, reps from the second guys, with uh, a few sprinkled there from maybe starters if they're if they're playing. Um, I don't think Kevin's going to roll over. I don't think they're going to roll over either. Um, I just. It might give him a chance to kind of see some more depth at, you know, maybe simulate injuries at different positions, if that makes sense. So, hey, second, second string's down. Let's go to the four stringer. Um, mm-hmm. I would expect, you know, I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting game. A lot of, a lot of resting, though, either way. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there would be resting. But, so, Jeff, what do you think? What do you think we're going to see on the field?
1: Uh well I was just looking this up, Rod. Um, the record for the most turnovers in an NFL game <laughs> is held by the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins, who had a combined forty-eight turnovers on April first, two thousand and eight. Uh, 48? Oh my, I, God yeah, that, that sounds like a really high number. I, I don't that, I don't think that, wait, I don't think that, that's possible. According that, to another source, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chicago the Chicago Cardinals and the Detroit Lions are tied for the most turnovers in a game with twelve. That sounds like a more believable number. Uh, does, does the fact that they quoted
0: the other one as happening on April Fool's Day tell you <laughs> no, anything? No,
1: <laughs> October first, but yeah. Oh, I taken. think you said April first. Yeah, you can't read believe everything you read on the internet. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the twelve as, as probably more than likely being the, the league record. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think this game is going to give that record a run for its money. Um, I think there will be turnovers all over the field in this game. And it it will just be a matter of survival. (laughs) The the guys that are playing for us, you have to think about this. Um, They're really auditioning for next year's roster. This is like the first preseason game of 2024. It is. And, and, you know, they're, they're auditioning for a role next year. Um, I think they're going to be hell-bent for election to, to make plays. And I think guys are going to be probably playing a little outside themselves at times. And that's what's going to lead to, to some turnovers. Sure. Yeah, so
0: I, I take the blame for Dustin Hopkins getting hurt, guys, because I talked about this this Jim Brown record for like five straight shows. And now he's like he's going to end the season, likely three points shy of tying this record. Right? Do you think there? Do you, do you think if he's feeling okay, there's any possibility they run him out there for a chip shot field goal if it comes up?
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I don't think so.
2: Well, I mean, Probably. I think they uh, they well they released what they, did they release the punter from the squad today? Yeah, Matt, uh, Hawk,
1: Matt Matt Hawk mercifully is is gone without doing any major damage. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But Riley Patterson, I think, is is probably gonna be kicking this week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think they will, even if it's presented stuff, but I think wanna be fully rested and ready to go for, you know, the playoffs. But yeah. Maybe. Patterson
1: actually didn't do a terrible job. I mean, he missed the extra point, but uh, that wasn't a that. terrible kick. Um you know, it wasn't a duck hook left or it just was slightly just... outside the right upright. So I think you can live with Riley Patterson for another week um, and, you know, let let Dustin Hopkins get healthy as much as I think everyone would love to see him break that record. um, uh, You know, it's just not worth risking his health. I agree with you. We need him him in the playoffs.
0: Well, oh, and, and the, uh, the punter, um, Jeff, he, he, punted three times for an average of like 51 and a half yards. So it's not yeah, like oh yeah, did yeah. Bad.
1: He, he, he did fine.
0: Um, yep. Yeah, he did well. So, um, he, he put some film out there. So I'm sure his, his name <laughs> right. moved up a little bit on some lists as far as, you know, emergency punters to call. So
2: yeah. I'm not sure if it's the kicker or the punter, but one of them is like a super little guy. He's like tiny. You're like, Oh my God. the jv team down here but then then he just booed the ball like oh my god you know it's just it's just they were good so
0: yeah um yeah i don't know what else the Bengals have to play for um you know other than just pride and trying to win a game in the division at this point um you wonder if if uh you know, if anybody on their coaching staff is in trouble because of the eight and eight record, but you know they have the the excuse of not having Joe Burrow playing for a lot of the season, that's probably going to save jobs. Um,
2: I I so. look at that and I go, we're going to start our fifth quarterback here. Get over it. Like <laughs> I just uh, I agree with that. Ah, gosh, I think you're right. I think that you know the Bengals. I think you're kind of seeing the same symptom uh, with Burrow that you're seeing right now with uh, the Dolphins losing hill there's so much wrapped around him that that morale and that team is kind of you know what you know twisted together so much you can't like separate them this is a huge loss to you know the organization
0: and that's what differentiated the browns this season they yeah they just took all of these losses on stride and just kept playing um that's why I just keep shaking my head thinking about how well they've done this year. That's just, you know, I mean, they, they had every reason to, to you know, just pack their shit up and just head home, you know, and just mail it in at, at several points this season, they did. And that they just refused to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been fantastic to watch.
2: Yeah, week week after week injury after injury these they they just keep coming back and you know the games we've lost this year it's not because of injuries it's cuz games we've given away like <laughs> the Pittsburgh game week 2
1: points ball- we've given away
2: yeah i mean it's obvious <laughs> it oh I know. Week, yeah. like most of <laughs> just, the points against yeah. us this year have been you're right from our offensive By us. Uh, yeah. squad <laughs> giving the ball in the 20 and they score like yeah. look look at the yeah. Indianapolis game well, their scores are from our mistakes. It's just like this yeah. team, realistically, without those mistakes. Of course, you know, crystal ball looking back, you know we should be maybe losing only two of these games. Pittsburgh game we shouldn't have lost. That team was terrible. Like, oh yeah, they're a yeah, terrible I'd... team. Yeah, there's, fourteen there's no points we gifted them. Again. Gosh, yeah.
1: yeah. We yeah. gifted the Jets ten points. I mean, every week it's it's another you know touchdown or more. It was ten more, to fourteen, almost every.
0: Yeah. Almost every week it was seven yeah. ten fourteen points, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you just think of how um, how much better the defense looks when you don't count those points because I think in most yeah. cases they count those points against the defense and it's like
1: number one well, thing yeah that they need to that they need to fix in training camp later this year is ball
2: security yeah
1: these these yeah. guys just need to own the fact that they have to take care of the football the 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 nonchalance with with which some of these guys carry the football and and, and it's every game um and and you know just trying to get that extra yard or whatever but man you just got to you, you got to value the football and yeah. that to me that's been the biggest problem with you know The outcomes of games, like Redleg was saying, if if we just weren't giving away points, man, these games would be, most of these games wouldn't be close.
0: Yeah. No, no, totally. Guys, was it some movie or something where, uh, some football movie where they made the guy like carry the football around for like a (laughs) week or something? (laughs) Yes. And if anybody ever knocked it out of his hand, he got got in trouble somehow or something like that. Yeah.
1: Maybe they need to
0: do that with a few guys. Right. Maybe they still do that in some football programs. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth a shot. So, so guys, before we uh, before we come up with some uh, some score predictions for this Bengals game, which God only knows how it's going to go, um, let's turn back to last week and. Um, final was 37 20 and I, I was uh let's see I was the only one to pick the over Jeff so yeah um and I actually I predicted 27 10 so I was 10 points under on each side um yeah but honestly Jeff Jeff said 20 to 10 so it's not like he was far off and Menachem oh. said twenty-four to six, so he wasn't too far off
1: either. So we were all in the ballpark. But I, I didn't. I over. didn't think there would be seven touchdowns in the first half, Rod. I mean, that, that's <laughs> you know, that, that just doesn't happen very often.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. By my score prediction, I can't say I thought that either. So what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: What are you going to do? So.
1: But at least we're getting better with our predictions. That's one one takeaway for us this year is that as the season's gone on, you and I have gotten a little better about picking. You know, we're not getting killed every week. Not that we're ready to put any real money. I'm not sure why,
0: but (laughs) yeah, well, I, I, I I do some betting with house money. I don't do very well with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, um, let's, uh, let's get some score predictions out here. So, uh, Redleg, you're the guest. You get to go first. Um, sure. Again, Bengals 7-point uh, Bengals favorite over under 37.5. And if you want to throw any you know, special predictions in there, you're welcome to do so.
2: I, uh, I'm going to take the Browns. I'll give them, you know, I'll give the Browns 24. Uh, I'll give Bengals 17. I think the defense is going to shut them down. Um, even without the starters, because that's what they've been doing all year. Um, I bet the Browns just run away with it at that point, kind of shut them down, three and outs. We might struggle with Driscoll not having much practice time, but, you yeah. know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what I'll take there.
0: Okay. So you taking it over. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, 41. Okay. All right, Jeff, what do you, what do you say?
1: Well, yeah, lots of, a lot of things going on this week. Um, Guys not playing. um, I still like the under, I I think that this is going to be a pretty low scoring game. Um, Probably most of the points will be off of turnovers. Um, Sure. You know, that, that's seven points is a lot. And that, that's, I don't, I don't know what, you know, they're thinking that is leading them to, to, to giving Cincinnati that kind of, you know, that kind of spread. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time with it. I mean, I don't think the Bengals have a lot to play for yet at this point. Um, I think they're, you know, I watched a little bit of that chiefs game, um, on Sunday and I thought the Bengals, I mean, they, they, they blew a halftime lead, um 17, 13, I guess. And, um, just really looked horrible in the second half. Absolutely, um,
0: and, and they looked worse against the Steelers the week before.
1: Right, right. So I, I, I just I don't see them even beating our backups by seven points. Um, I, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game, but I think that the the, the just Jeff, Jeff Driscoll revenge factor can't be underestimated here. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with uh, twenty to thirteen Browns. Um, I, I'm always, I'm always going to take the under as pretty much everybody should know by now. And, uh, my prediction is that, that, that there's going to be 10 plus turnovers in this game.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, for, for the first time all season, I'm going to take the opposition. I'm going to take the Bengals 20 to 17. So I'm going to sneak the under. If I were betting, I would take the Browns and the seven points. I just, I just think the Bengals are going to to want to win this game for God only knows what reason. Um, I think they're going to have their first team defense out there the whole game, trying to prove something. Um, and and I think, you know, I, I think their I think their defense um, is probably going to get some turnovers on the Browns' backup, you know, um, offense. So I think that's kind of where the, where the issue is going to be. I, I, I think you guys are right. I think the Browns' backup defense will do pretty well against the Bengals' offense. But um, I, I just think the Bengals' defense will end up end up doing okay and, and getting some kind of turnover or something late to, to probably win it. And then Jeff predicted 10-plus turnovers. I'll just say each team will probably have 10-plus penalties in this game. <laughs> or the Browns will for sure. The Bengals, who knows? They don't call Bengal. They don't call the ben, um, penalties on the Bengals anymore, do they? I
1: don't
0: think so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they didn't last year. I'm not sure. Right. If sure. Okay. I'll be happy if the Browns win, guys. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd go uh, yeah. con- contrarian for for once when it really doesn't matter. So. <laughs> right all right was there anything I missed in news guys
1: Um,
2: I I don't 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 think think think
0: so okay all right well uh, we won't belabor the point Um, it's been a great season and uh, looking forward to this last game you know even with no meaning it's our Browns out there playing so so we hope they do well. Um, it, it, it'd be kind of cool to uh, to set the Bengals down 0 6 in the division, you know, to kind of uh, finish that off. So hopefully uh, that happens. That'd be lovely. So yeah. So Redleg, let's um, let's turn it over to you for any closing thoughts or, or uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to leave everybody with.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, this team um, is either doing two things with Flacco. Uh, either Flacco is this amazing, actually, is this amazing quarterback. The offense is able to perform with no matter who's in the or with you know no matter who's in the in the game, and I think we'll see that play out as this uh, you know goes into this next season as well. Um, I just watching the Browns' confidence grow with Flacco his stability, his maturity, his ability to stay in the pocket and look calm and collected and let plays develop has helped this team immensely and will continue to do so. Um, Also, we performed this season without Nick Chubb. My God. Imagine next year. Like, I just, this team is something special. They're bonded, something special. And they have fight in them like no other team in this league this year. So this this season, no matter the outcome, is something that Browns fans should remember for the rest of their lives. So that's that's my take for the 23, twenty four season. So
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. Well said. Uh, Jeff, closing words
1: tonight. Yeah, you know what's really great about this season is that it's it's January, and we have something to look forward to right now with the Browns other than the draft. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, no, no matter what happens, um, man, th- this is this is going to be a great time to be a Browns fan over the next few weeks. Um, you know, we, we really nothing, nothing matters with this Bengals game other than we need to get through it healthy and we need mm-hmm. to be as healthy as we possibly can to start the playoffs. And I just love where we're seated right now. We'll, we'll talk about it in future weeks, but. The fact that you know we're we're going to get the the AFC South champion and Kevin Stefanski is ten and zero against the AFC South. Um, yeah. Man, I, I'm yeah. just so pumped for the playoffs to start. Yeah,
0: same here. All right, this has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.